GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am Hovercraft Joe, uh, joined by my two favorite co-hosts, the Sphinx. What's up, everybody? What's up, Hovercraft Joe? What up? And LBJ. I now know what it feels like to be Sphinx watching some of the movies that I've picked. <laughs> like I, 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 parts of me sympathizes with you now, Sphinx, but not, not a lot, but just a little enough to enough to really understand your tears. You know what? Oh. I, I will 100% take that. After the fucking shit that Spawn was a few weeks ago. Wow, that is a, a bold way to start off this episode, LBJ. It sure a bold, is. A bold new era for the last action podcast yeah. as, we, as we get into episode 101. Yeah, this this century of episodes is is going to be the angry, the, the LPJ angry sessions. Oh, I, th- I thought it was going to be you and Sphinx getting along. No, come on. Let's there's nothing on this earth that'll allow that to happen. No. All right, fair enough. Uh so we are here today to talk about uh Batman Forever, which oddly enough, I think we talked about doing during the spawn episode. Um but yeah, so Batman Forever, uh release date on this thing of July 15th, 1995. And I think we often forget this, but I think this would be a good way to segue into our kind of uh, memories of this movie, you know, before we get into more of the numbers. So Sphinx, what, what do you, what do you, what, how do you feel about Batman Forever? So uh, as a kid, I was nine years old. I mean, this was young boy fantasy, like Batman Forever. Like I was all over this movie as a kid. I saw it in the theater when it came out. I was in love with it as a boy. I had the action figures, the the the, the play cards. I I was two faced for Halloween. Like <laughs> I, I was. I had the coin and everything. Like I was obsessed with this movie as a kid. I watched it all the time, all the time. And I haven't seen it in about fifteen years. And I wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> uh, for this episode um, I'll, I'll go next I mean this movie came out so like I said July 15th of 95 so I basically just turned 15 so it was a big movie for me too I mean I remember being super excited to see it as I kind of told you guys I have the comic book adaptation I have the novelization like this is a big movie for me too I've seen it a ton of times I remember seeing it in the theaters and I, I still like I've seen it even not just for watching it for the podcast, I've seen it more recently. Like I have a, I have a DVD that I bought where it's like, you know, it's a four, four set mm-hmm. where it's got the four, uh, you know, movies, the four yeah, the 90s. Movies. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, this is a big movie for me as well. I mean, the original one is huge, but this is probably just as big for me. Yeah. We saw us in the theater, you and I. With, sounds right. I, I assume Jody was probably there, and maybe Jeff, and a couple other people. Um, 
But this was a gigantic film. I was super excited to see this. Um, and I remember, I remember all the buzz for this. For this film had like an unreal amount of yeah. buzz because the soundtrack they released prior to the film coming out, and the soundtrack was gigantic. That seal song was everywhere. It's uh, Jim Carrey at his at his highest. Absolutely, yeah. and um. Yeah, and then I might have seen parts of it one other time after that, and then <laughs> for this podcast. And I remember after seeing it the first time thinking, all right, that was not great. <laughs> I think less of it now. I'm really like, you guys are really telling me that you, like, you saw this movie when it came out and like you haven't seen it since? No. Like, I find that, I find that hard to no, believe. No, no, no. no I saw it a ton in my childhood. Okay. But but I would say like probably around high school I probably stopped watching it often. Okay. So it's That's probably fair. been I, since I'm high say, I guess I'm saying I find it hard to believe that LPJ saw it in the theaters once and then saw it again when he watched it for the podcast. I, I agree with I, you there. I, I, I don't friend, believe that. I'm because this the movie I, is, was on TV all the time. No, all like I said, I caught I caught TV. parts of it, but I always avoided it because I didn't like this movie. Like I didn't I and the the reasons why I didn't like I couldn't remember like specifically why I didn't like it before I watched it again for the podcast. And then once I watched it, I'm like, Oh, now I remember why I, why I avoided this movie. Like the plague. Like, I don't, I don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm now like, I can't think of why I liked this movie when I was a kid after watching it. Like there, there really wasn't, I wanted to find something that I liked in this film, but there wasn't a whole lot. Like I, I I think I always had on a pedestal Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that anymore. Yeah, well, and you know, and and I will say this: I have a bit of a bias because I don't, I generally don't like Jim Carrey. Like I don't like his weird overacting. I don't like he's to me he's essentially the same character in every single movie with just a slightly different flavor, like. In this movie, he's just like a more sadistic um, Ace Ventura, yeah, you know? or Lloyd from or, Dumb and Dumber. Well, no, because or... I will say this: Lloyd is a very Lloyd is a very different character. I, I would say Lloyd is probably the only character that he's played of this type that has been actually different. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but I, I think he plays Lloyd a little <laughs> subtlier, believe it or not, than. Um, <laughs> Any of the rest of these characters, which are just uh, more Jim Carrey than Dumb and Dumber, it has been a while. Yeah. But yeah. but I think it's a different kind. Like this is just. But this is also coming from a guy that doesn't like comedy. So I don't dislike comedies. I just I don't like. <laughs> I like certain we kinds of comedy. Going out of our way to do comedy action movies when we know you're not around. That's fair. No, that's fair. I, I will concede that point. All right, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I'm done. Anyway, Let's just keep we'll, going. We'll, we'll, we'll work in more of our overall thoughts. But uh, so uh, budget on uh, this movie, Batman Forever, is $100 million, which seems low. high. <laughs> oh, I think that seems crazy high for 1995. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, domestic gross of $184 million, which is a lot lower than I thought. Uh, but then a worldwide of three hundred and thirty-six million. So yeah, still, that U.S. is kind of surprising. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if word got out it was a shit show, and even with well, all the hype and media, 
around well, I, mean, I think that's part of it but also i think it's just that i mean like that's i, I feel like that's for 95 that's just a lot of money to spend on a movie well, so where did it rank hard. where did it rank in the rest of the films that year as far as top grossing movies yeah. well hold on a second we'll get there right. uh, <laughs> rotten tomatoes on this uh 39% okay Ooh, and an audience score of 32% yeah that seems oh <laughs> Yep. So, top grossing movies of 1995. Number one is Toy Story. Number two is Batman Forever. Okay. And number three is Apollo 13. All right. Now, as we've discussed, we have done a lot of movies from 1995, including number 25, Heat, number 27, Bad Boys, Number 52, Judge Dredd. <laughs> number, number 66, Desperado. And one of Sphinx's favorite, number 81, Sudden Death. <laughs> God. Now, Desperado, I'm all over, but... Yeah, Desperado <laughs> rules. I, 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 out of all those movies, I think uh, Bad Boys is the one I like the least. But anyways. Do you know um, what the number was for Toy Story? I'm just curious. I don't, you know, I don't, no. I don't write down the actual number, but, um, that's fine. I'm going to look it up. Cause I'm just curious. Cause it is, it is interesting. And it, it does prove your point hovercraft, Joe, that like, this is a lot of money spent on this movie. If it was number two of the year, yeah. well, and the problem is and only, and only made 80 million in the, in the States. And the problem, which probably isn't true because of advertising and everything else. And the problem is too, if you look it up, like if anyone's listening and look it up, like, the numbers, you can look them up a lot of different ways. I always look them up just domestic gross, not worldwide gross. And I look them up for the in-year releases, which means it's not – because you can also look them up by calendar gross. So it will be like, oh, the movie came out in April. How much did it make from April to April? I always look for just the in-year release. So it's just everything that came out in that year. What was, what was the dollar amount for Batman Forever? Uh, domestic is $184 million. All right, Toy Story just beat it at 191. Okay, okay. so pretty close. So, yeah. yeah, so it was almost the number one movie. <laughs> so, uh, cast of this, big star-studded cast. We got uh, Val Kilmer uh, taking over the role from Michael Keaton. As, Which, that's uh, a hell of a story that we can talk about in a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, taking over as uh, Bruce Wayne uh, slash Batman. Uh, you got uh, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, playing uh, Dick Grayson slash Robin. Uh, as we talked about, uh, Jim Carrey playing the Riddler slash Edward Nigma. Uh Tommy Lee Jones playing Two-Face. I'm not going to say slash. Well, I guess really slash Harvey Dent. Like, literally yeah, they bring slash. it up. Literally there's a really Harvey quick Dent. little scene that it's like on a TV that says <laughs> that he's Harvey Dent. I think Joe is yeah. referring to the fact that he literally has a slashed out his face where half of him is Harvey Dent and the other half is Two-Face. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't referring to one of my favorite scenes in the movie where Batman is apparently in the gallery of this trial. <laughs> um, and, and somehow acid gets poured on his yeah, face yeah. inside the courtroom. Yeah. Uh, Which, is that is that in the comics? I'm, I, don't I mean, mean yeah. To, I don't yeah. mean to derail, but I'm kind of derailing. That's how, that's like Two-Face's origin is that he got like acid thrown in his face. Uh, in the courtroom? I, I guess I don't know 100% about whether or not it's the courtroom, but, I mean, it's it's accurate. I, I'd be surprised if it would perfectly, like, get <laughs> his face happen. Like 
Um, Which and one the, quick fact: it took four hours to put on Tommy Lee Jones makeup every day. Oh, uh, and then uh, Nicole Kidman as uh, Doctor Chase Meridian, who I still like. I, I realize it's because I saw this movie when I was fifteen, but I still think she looks great in this movie. I still have a oh, huge, uh, I still have a tremendous crush yeah, on Nicole Kidman. I think she's. Movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I cannot. <laughs> uh, that that's the saving grace of this movie for me. And then, and then, oddly enough, I always forget that Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar are in this movie. Yeah. So I started like, watching Sugar and Spice. Yeah, I started watching the movie with my wife. She left, which was probably a good choice for her. But she saw she's the one that noticed in the credits. She's like Drew Barrymore, and I was like, "Where in the hell is she in this movie?" And I couldn't figure it out. And then when I see her half naked in laundry, I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, I was really surprised. I was like, I was talking about this the other day at work. I'm like, "What?" Drew Barrymore take this role. They're like, you have like maybe ten lines total, and you're basically just gonna be standing around in lingerie the whole movie. I wonder when she got paid to do this role. I don't know. <laughs> Too uh, much. Too much uh, based on a hundred million dollar budget. <laughs> so uh that's kind of rounds out at least the important members of the cast, unless you guys had anyone else I didn't mention. No, I mean do you want to do you want to mention uh Renee Aubergine, Aubergineois? Sphinx? Uh, yeah. Absolutely, because he plays as uh, Dr. Burton at Arkham Asylum, and he is famously Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. There it is. <sighs> and I will also say, <laughs> nerds. I will also say, since we're bringing him up, because we're probably not going to bring him up again, uh, apparently he had a much bigger role in this film. So there's a lot of this movie that got cut, like a lot, like pages that got cut from what I was reading online. Yeah. But the movie was supposed to start super dark where Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face is in Arkham Asylum and he was having a meeting with his psychologist who he then murders and escapes. And then it's uh, Rene Ajubois, whatever, um, that is the first one to see that Two-Face escaped and written in blood on the wall, he says, kill the bat. That's how the movie was supposed to begin. Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch to this film. Yeah. I mean, Tim Burton was originally supposed to be in charge of it. And Which he still produces. He still but. produces, although I think it, it almost seemed like he's relu- he reluctantly produced it and kind of did it from yeah. afar at, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole movie was supposed to have a similar tone to Batman uh, Returns, um, and it was supposed to have, you know, Michael Keaton was supposed to be back, uh, Catwoman was supposed to be in it, um, they were going to have the Scarecrow. I mean, it was going to be a much darker film, more in line with Batman Returns, and what turned it around was McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's said, oh, I see what you're doing here. No, this isn't going to work. Uh, we need this to be a kid's movie so we can sell McDonald's toys and justify it. So Warner Brothers said, okay, and uh, essentially caved to McDonald's and lightened everything up and got Joel Schumacher involved and they camped it up. Yeah, turned into nineteen sixties Batman. And turned it into yeah, essentially a combination of nineteen sixties Batman and you know, I guess I and guess a shit. combination of some <laughs> other stuff. And and how you feel after you eat a double quarter pounder with cheese supersized. Yeah. Complete garbage. 
And I guess yeah, that's... I'm wondering what the hell did McDonald's have on Warner Brothers that they well, said, listen here, that Batman Returns movie, too dark. Our kids don't want it this when they order their Happy Meals every day. Well, I don't know that you remember. McDonald's was huge as far as like the Batman sponsorship goes. They had them for all the movies. And um, like it was a big deal. Like the 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 like the whole invention of supersizing was tied into uh like Batman Returns, and at that same time, like the Dream Team was around, like the the, yeah. the first Dream Team, and so that's like their whole marketing campaign for supersizing was tied to these movies, and it was a big deal for them, and so it sort of carried over into this movie and then the next one, and it was just like this was their big flagship property that McDonald's owned. Yeah, they the those sweet glasses you could get. They did. From, uh... Uh, and oddly enough, uh, former uh, <laughs> former guest uh, on the podcast, Dave, uh, it's since been taken home since no one's really working from the office. But at his office, he had three of the four collectible glasses that you could get from McDonald's for this movie. Yeah, the, the plastic ones, like the big or the no, like glass the, ones. The, the, little, the little glass like mugs. Yep. Yeah, he had three of them. I think he was missing the Two-Face one, if yeah, I remember. I, we, had, we had all four of them at one point. I don't know if they're still my parents' house or not, but. We had all four of them. Um, so it's just surprising guys, then that McDonald's doesn't like, they're not in the movie. No, you know? that could, was the other thing. They could have pretty easily just put themselves in the background in Gotham City or something. I'm surprised yeah, they but, but they had that sweet line where he said that he's going to get drive through and then. Oh my God. Did you just they, call that a sweet line? Yeah, because then they used it in the commercials for McDonald's for this uh, movie. Because. When that line was said in the very beginning of the movie, I immediately knew this movie was going to go downhill. Ah, I mean, he's got to eat somewhere. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, let's buzz through the net worth for this. Uh, okay. Let's start with Chris O'Donnell. What do you guys think for Chris O'Donnell? Uh, he's got issues, right? I feel like he's like, no, but he's doing that CSI show, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he has issues. Uh, no, I thought he's got. I thought he's got issues. I don't think so. Uh, Fifteen million. Okay. Yeah, I'll say twelve million. Uh, you guys are both lowballing the star of NCIS Los Angeles. He's at twenty-five million. All right, hey, good uh, for him. What do you guys think about uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, we covered him too for like the Fugitive and stuff. Uh, I was I was not on the Fugitive episode. I'll say. Yeah, he doesn't do a ton, though. I'll say 75 mil. Okay. I think it's lower than that. I'm going to say 30 million. $90 million for Tommy Lee Jones. What do you guys think about Nicole Kidman? I think she's doing well. She's I'm going to go 120. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say like 125. So $250 million. <laughs> oh, All right. Yes. Good for her. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, Jim Carrey? I know he... We've never done Jim Carrey, have we? No. No. He doesn't come up in a lot of action movies. <laughs> well, he does not. He probably will never come up again. I think he's huge. I'll say 350. I'll say 300. Oh, you guys are a little high. Or not a little, a lot high. $180 million for Jim Carrey. That's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, compared to, you know, normal people. But uh, but he's pretty busy. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised by I that. I don't think he does as much anymore, though. I think I think if he embraced his inner uh, Nick Cage, he'd be much bigger. I guess uh, I guess too. He's comedy, and comedy doesn't pay, so that could be it yeah. too. Uh, and then finally, uh, Val Kilmer. 
<laughs> 10 million? Yeah, I don't want to kick a man while he's down. I'm going to say, I'll give him 15. $25 million. All right, cool. All right, All right good. Good so, uh, and uh, as it's come up already a couple of times, the director of this is Joel Schumacher. Um, he's he dead. just Yeah, he just died a few weeks ago. He did. He just did. He just passed. I guess we should mention that as we're recording this, this movie just celebrated its 25-year anniversary? Uh, yeah, sounds all right. Yep. Yeah. 25 years. So about, yeah. 10 days was, ago, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. He did. Joel Schumacher did just pass. Like, I think it was right after the anniversary happened. So. Yep. Which I'm not going to really say a whole lot about Joel Schumacher because he's got, um, do you guys know his past? It's not great. He's, he's got. Yeah, he's got quite a rough past. I'll just kind of leave it at that, like a really rough past. So, but I will say, because it relates to this movie, he had a lot of issues working with everybody. You know, we just did Predator and we found out how well everybody worked together on Predator and how that made a movie that probably didn't have a whole lot to it to become a classic this movie becomes the complete opposite, I would say. That there are just too many egos that he's trying to bring in, and he had no idea how to rally everyone together. And from the beginning, this whole thing is a shit show, based on, with LPJ, talking about how the movie completely changes direction, which causes Burton to come out, and Keaton to leave as well. But Schumacher, it sounded like to me, he never had control of this thing from the beginning. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think um, there was a lot of stuff that uh, he changed. Like he wanted to lighten it up and, and kind of do what Warner Brothers asked him to do. Um, but I think some of the stuff that he added were not necessarily great, like all the neon. Um, yeah, it looked like had, half this movie was shot at a zap zone. It kind of does, <laughs> yeah. And, and then And then on top of that, trying to contend with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones not getting along and Val Kilmer being difficult to work with. Cause at that time, Val Kilmer was for whatever reason, very difficult to work with. Um, I, he has a, he has a quote. He said that Kilmer was childish and impossible because Kilmer would fight with the crew constantly and for weeks wouldn't talk to Schumacher at all. He just stopped talking to him. Right, like how do you how do you direct a movie when your main actor will not speak to you? Yeah, yeah. Schumacher I, definitely had a, had an uphill battle with this film. Yeah, and then you mentioned it as well. I wanted to bring it up. Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. the The quote I have here, he literally told Jim Carrey at one point, "I hate you. <laughs> I really don't like you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery." <laughs> Yeah, which is weird because that totally seems like something Tommy Lee Jones would say to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like it must have been just a cancer being on that on that set for this movie. It's what it which, kind of like. yeah, which is it, it does really kind of feel like it comes out that way in the movie. But yeah, anyway. parts of it. Yeah, so I wanted to bring all of that there. You guys are awfully quiet. I don't know what's going on. No, no. I'm just. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to kick a dead horse. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I thought that part, though, was relevant. To no, talk I agree. About I, totally, I agree. Absolutely agree. But I, I don't want to talk about the other stuff about his life. So, you know, very sad he's dead. But, yeah, let's move on. And okay. we'll probably start talking about this pile of garbage, right? Well, we got oh, I got tagged Oh, I thought we were going to Oh, and the music. Music. Uh, My fault. So, uh, composer on this is Elliot Goldenthal, uh, which, uh, interesting enough, he did the music for Heat, which I guess I didn't remember. Uh, and uh, obviously, departure from uh, what's his name, Danny Elfman, who did the music Danny for the first two. Yeah. Uh, but still, uh, I would still say a pretty recognizable uh, theme for this film. And I think we're going to play a little bit of it, right, LBJ? Yeah, I have it right here. Okay. Here goes. No, that's not it. (laughs) This is it right here. Let's try that again. So a lot of similar themes to the original uh, Batman theme, but kind of, I don't know. I would say it's more Phantom of the Opera-y. <laughs> I, I like this music. I'm sorry. I, I agree. It, no, I absolutely agree. I like it a lot. Yeah. Hovercraft Joe and I have been humming this all, all evening, actually, because <laughs> I do love the theme song. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a random theme that I will get in my head still to this day. Yeah. yeah. That, that is one thing about this film. The music is great. Like even the soundtrack itself oh, yeah. is really, really good. I would say it's it's on par, if not better than uh, the '89 Batman soundtrack. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, of oh no, no, no! I'm not gonna go that far. You, <laughs> you, you dare not. You dare not be mean to Prince. No, Prince right? was great, but I'm saying this is more of a collection of like the soundtrack good pop songs like the with the score. Sound- all of it. All of it was really good. Oh, all of it? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. You too, uh Flaming Lips, uh the Offspring. Uh Offspring. and and obviously as we kind of touched on before, uh the breakout hit I would say from this movie which is uh, Kiss from a Rose by Seal, which I think is still a, a well-known famous song to this day. Yeah, I'll play a little right now. Yeah, it was yeah, it was number 1 in the country or in the world uh when it came out. Here we go. Shine can be seen. Man, I can bring you to a kiss from a rose 
And there it is. Kiss from a rose. I, I, I love it. I'm sorry. It's great. I remember this music video constantly on like VH1. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. You know what's crazy? And I rewatched the music video this week. And if you watch it, it basically shows you clips from the entire film in sequential order. So yes. if, you watch, if you watch the video, it basically shows you the entire movie. And it's pretty great. I think I, I saw too. There's a bunch of clips from the music video that actually aren't in the movie. Yeah, because Schumacher also directed the music video. That is correct. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot. Oh, the like, other there is so much from this movie that was cut. Like half of the trailer is not in this film. My favorite Dude. line in the entire movie say, is not re- in the movie. I remember how many times you brought up that line. That's in the trailer that's not in the movie. Are you gonna are you gonna treat us to a performance sure. of the line? The bat wants to play, we'll play. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was in the trailer where he's like in the in the helicopter, uh two faces. Yeah. Two faces, yeah. But I remember the you first saying that all the time, LBJ. <laughs> the the first cut of this movie was two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. So the fact that it ends up underneath two hours just gives you a rough idea of how much of this movie was was cut. And I guess there's even now, there's a Schumacher cut that they now want released now that he just passed away. Yep. Hmm. And Warner Brothers has said, yeah, be- it, it absolutely 100% exists, but eh, we're not going to release it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I wonder, do you think it would be better? I don't think it would, but it, it does leave me that intrigue. Well, I don't know, because this film just reeks of too many hands in the cookie jar. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was just too many people putting their input on it. And I think maybe a more singular vision from what Schumacher had might've been better. Um, but I don't know. McDonald's probably said two hours and 40 minutes is too long for kids. You can't make this movie. Yeah, that you long. Can't. They'd have to eat like five happy meals. Oh wait, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I think McDonald's had some influence. I don't think they were. I don't think they had final cut of this movie. I, would like I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't think the hamburger and grimace showed up to Schumacher's office and said, "Look, you got to cut this movie by forty-five minutes, all right? Or we're going to be up. hungry after it ends, and they need to go to McDonald's after they see this movie." And if you don't make these changes, we'll bring Ronald McDonald in here to toughen you up, you know, to wrestle you up. Unless- <laughs> it well, will happen. I guess we'll never know the true story. And then they probably threw a Coke in his face and, and left. <laughs> Let and maybe Birdie then took a dump on his um <laughs> Wait, his <desk>. what? <laughs> Who's Birdie? Birdie's the, the, the girl. Right? Oh, isn't, okay. that, isn't that the name, LPJ? You worked at McDonald's. I did too, but I don't remember Birdie. Yes, it was Birdie. Birdie was the was the chicken nugget bird girl. Yes. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, no, I do have one final thing. Not about the McDonald's people, but um, the song from U2, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. I just wanted to bring this up because I've actually never seen this before. The song itself was nominated twice. It was nominated for Song of the Year at the Golden Globes. And it was nominated for Worst Song of the Year at the Golden Raspberries. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of a song being nominated for being the best and the worst. It's an okay song, but I don't know why it was nominated for anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a huge U2 fan. This is not a song I like of theirs, but yeah, it's... 
That's fine. I have no problem with it. I mean, I don't think it's a great song or a terrible song. I think it's somewhere in the middle. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree. But you can I just, I've never seen that with a song being nominated to be the best and the it, worst. It's funny, though, because you can tell, like, when they were putting the movie together that they definitely thought that that was going to be the breakout hit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. during, the, during the credits, they play the entirety of Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, and just a little bit of Kiss from a Rose at the very end of the credits. So you can tell that what they thought was going to be more popular, but it obviously ended up being not that. I actually thought that Kiss from a Rose was cut. Um, after watching this th- this time around, and I'm happy I watched the rest of the credits because yeah, then it played. It played. I, I thought I think it was the music video. I kept thinking because I thought for sure that the song was in the movie, like sometime some scene in it. Yeah, but that that obviously was not true. It must have been the music video I kept having in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's go through this. You got you guys have <laughs> we dance around it. Let's run through the plot of this thing. So, uh, beginning of the movie, here's something I always forget that he basically has the, uh, I always forget because I think of the suit he wears at the end, but I forget for most of the movie, he kind of wears the Keaton suit just with like nipples on it. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a, it's like a more anatomically correct Keaton suit. Yes. So, Movie starts off, Batman, get ready to go out, fight evil. I kind of, I don't know how you guys feel. I actually kind of like the Batmobile in this movie. I, I don't know. If I don't mind it. I mean, it kind of looks I'm, like the ambiguously gay duo's car, but <laughs> it's not terrible. I, I, I like, I don't yeah. mind this one. No, I hate it. I think it's terrible. <laughs> that, that fucking dorsal fin that sticks out of it is really egregious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's where we get the great I'll get drive through line that Sphinx loves so much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he's going to, there's a bank robbery. Tommy Lee Jones is, 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 is holed up in this bank. Uh, he gets to the scene. That's where we're first introduced to Dr. Chase Meridian. Who's like a psychologist, a criminal psychologist, I guess. Yeah. Criminal psychologist. Why she's at the scene of the crime is unclear. One thing that is not unclear is that she is very horny for Batman. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> horny for Batman. And and that's like prevalent throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. Yep. She is she has to change her underwear a couple times. <laughs> like oh my she really wants Batman bad. Those nipples on the bat suit oh are <laughs> making her real hot. <laughs> you broke Sphinx. Um, it's late. Uh, it was coming anyway because yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's we turning are, red, folks. We are, we I, think, like, I think he stopped breathing. Like five minutes into this, but that's what this movie fucking does. Because when when this scene is happening, first off, talking about sex, why is why is Two Faces crew look like they're fucking in bondage uniforms? Yeah, they're they've all got weird piercings in their face the fuck too. Out of me out, like are they about to do some S and M shit? Maybe. Um, 
But then going into it as well, I'm sorry, I've a no, taking over for a brief moment. Go ahead. Because this this scene fucking drove me nuts. So they're at this bank, which apparently the safe is like in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah, it's just in the middle of the room. Deal with it. The building, <laughs> not on the main floor where a, a commercial bank would find it's it. It's in the middle of the room on like the 40th floor. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy, there's a security guy in there. And so I love that Batman guy. goes Yeah, so Batman goes in there. To try and save him, the door gets shut on him, and somehow the helicopter, you know, pulls the safe out, and somehow Two-Face rigs the inside of this safe with fucking acid. Yeah, he poured (laughs) poured boiling acid into a couple of the safe deposit boxes, it stayed in there, it didn't do anything, and then they opened up and it started filling the safe, and the guy goes, boiling acid! (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then Batman finds a way. Oh, he uses his hearing aid. Yeah, and he uh, he uh, uses it to pick the lock uh, of the safe to crack the I safe. I have a hard time yeah. believing that's not already built into Batman's suit. That's I'll give you that. That's but the, but then you know Batman saves the day, and the safe somehow when it gets cut from the rope or the helicopter or whatever, perfectly finds <laughs> itself. Back in its original position. Well, here, yeah, not, to get, the, not to get not to get all six in Gotham City completely don't exist, or they adapt to however they want to adapt it to. Well, and that say fucking falls perfectly back into where. Well, it not to get all physicsy on everybody, but if you notice, it breaks through the wall. Right, Batman secures the safe back to the wall using a grappling hook. Yeah, which somehow fires through concrete. I which somehow fires through concrete, <laughs> however, is strong enough to not break yes. once the weight of the safe is on it. <laughs> yeah. So his grappling hook can fire, his gun can fire the grappling hook hard enough to put it through, but it's also strong enough to support the weight of the safe. That is ridiculous. Like that concrete. It oh, blows yeah. my mind. The concrete has incredible <laughs> physics. <laughs> yeah. Like it can't take the weight. Uh, it can't take the force of the grappling hook going through it, but it can take the weight of the safe pulling on it. <laughs> Correct. But, but then the crazy shit doesn't end there because then we get to go on this helicopter ride and somehow we just ignore the, the ongoing conversation of is Gotham New York City and we just decide to go for it that yes it is because Gotham City has the, the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty. Yeah. but and it's hel- Gotham on the halo so I guess that makes it different from the Lady Liberty we see you know in New York Harbor and oh. Two-Face proceeds to well he misses out on his line LPJ want to say the line again? The bat wants to play? We'll play he he attaches a parking brake. Yeah, the club. There's yeah, a club. the club to a fucking helicopter. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves, with which Batman somehow escaped in time, and they blow up the Statue of Liberty. Well, just like the head, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter crashes into the head of the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, but it seems like for all the damage, like, they show it, it's still standing for the most part. So I think it's more just, like, the base of the Statue of Liberty, but, mm-hmm. yeah. 
no, it I, does I don't remember. There's not like in the comics. There's not a Statue of Liberty in Gotham, is there? Well, no. I mean, Gotham is supposed to be like I, I think like an analog like for you know, New York City, yeah. but, it, but it's but it's not New York City. So they don't. I mean, it doesn't have all the iconic landmarks of New York City, but. This movie's just like, ah, whatever, they got a Statue of Liberty. Joel Schumacher says they got a Statue of Liberty, they got one. All right, fair enough. And, and it's at this point that I, I, I knew this movie was going to just not not improve. But, <laughs> all right, I'm going to leave it back to Hovercraft Joe. Okay, so we're introduced to Edward Nigma. Get it? Ed Nigma? Mm-hmm. Uh, Enigma? Uh, so <laughs> Is that the Riddler's name in the actual comics? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So I he works- it was, but I wanted to confirm. He works at Wayne Tech. Uh, he, he's a big fan of Bruce Wayne. Uh, he's working on some bullshit to do with brainwaves. Uh, he's got this thing. It's called the box, but it looks like a blender with meth in it is how I describe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a uh, perfect description. And apparently it, what it does is that it beams TV signals directly into your head. Um, so Bruce Wayne shows up, he's really, he's really happy. He shows him the device and Bruce Wayne's kind of interested, but he's not like super interested. He's kind of like, I don't know, we'd have to talk about this a little bit more. So let's set up a meeting and we can talk about it. But for some reason, Edward Nygma's like, no, I need your answer right now. And he's like, well then no, because I don't know what you're doing with brainwaves. Uh, And then he sees the bat signal. So he's got to take off. Um, well, what I can't he, figure out is why does he need the answer right then and there? Right. I don't know. I, I literally have a note that says, why does he need an answer now? Yeah, he already <laughs> works for Wayne. Yeah. Is he going to go to a rivaling company of Wayne Enterprises? I don't think so. Like, I think he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just so enamored with Bruce Wayne that he's like, I don't know. It, it, it's not clear. But anyway, so he sees the he sees the bat single. He leaves. He gets into a voice activated chair, which I love because he gets it. He goes chair, and then the chair falls down, and he gets in kind of like a coffin torpedo that shoots through a tube and takes him to the back end. What if what if he's just in a meeting talking to somebody, and he happens to say the word chair? Does he drop through the floor? I think he does. Potentially, but why does he even have to say chair to do it? I don't know, but he does. I know. And, Shouldn't he say and, Alexa first? <laughs> and it's a really tight little cocoon that he's in. I mean, 2020 Val Kilmer is probably getting stuck in the middle of Gotham. City. Oh, hey, listen, let's not let's not kick Val Kilmer while he's down, please. Yeah, I had to mention it real quick. The poor man. Oh, yeah. The poor man's almost dead at this point. So uh, he arrives to the uh, bat signal only to find that it was uh, Dr. Chase Meridian who uh, sent up the bat signal. are still wet. Yeah, yeah she's, and she's like, she's how does she, like a, how does she get control of the bat signal? I just got a switch. I think you just go up there and you just like, boom, it's got a switch that you turn on. Yeah. yeah. How do you think it gets turned on well, LPJ? Well, what I'm thinking is don't the police have control? Cause otherwise, you know, Her any office is at the police station. Anybody could. Well, is her office at the police station? Yeah, he goes to visit, and they all. Well, Bruce Wayne goes to visit, and they all seem to know him. He goes through all the detectives' offices and stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't remember that part. I, 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 I think I don't her office. I'm not sure what scene you're talking. Yeah, about. I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's the scene coming up where Bruce Wayne visits her to show yeah, he him. Goes, he goes. He goes to her office. He goes to her office. 
He pulls up front and he walks in and he walks out a hallway to her office. He doesn't go through like detective the, offices. Yeah, no, the hallway has like a bunch of cops walking by. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be. Oh, all I right. thought it did. I don't Anyways. know. I don't remember that part, but okay. Anyways, I, I think just to circle back to your problem, I'm pretty sure the bat signal's just on the roof and it's got a switch that you just pull or hit and turns on. Like, all I don't right. think it's I like mean, a You, you could have asked, like, why. Why do we know that it's on top of a police station? I mean, they could have put it anywhere, I guess. Well, I was thinking... Like, how did she know it was there? Well, my point was going to be, like, how does she have access to get up there? But if her office is in the police station, she obviously has access. So then I was just confused. I didn't think her office was within the police station building. I was thinking her office was, like, in her own building, wherever the hell that is. Right. So anyway, so she turns it on. She basically calls him, calls Batman there because she's horny for him. She's wearing... <laughs> she's wearing well, I mean, it's true. We're trying to I know. I just, right I, I just forgot that that was the point we were leading to. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to mince words about it. She's wearing like a slinky dress. And, you know, we get some great air quotes lines in this. This is where he tells her that the bat signal is not a beeper. He also says that oh. chicks love the car. <laughs> the dialogue is so bad between the two of them i mean nicole kidman may be good looking but neither of them have any idea how to act based so, on this conversation well so you know what i don't want i'm not gonna put it on them i'm gonna say it was the direction they were given because the whole movie here was supposed to be kind of campy however the dialogue doesn't lend itself to be campy no do you think that that dialogue though is in the script or do you think it was like I think I think their dialogue was in the script. I yeah, think, I think, it's, it was improv. I think it's in the script. I, think, I don't think, uh, oh, you think it was improv. You think and Val Kilmer are improv. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think ninety percent of what Jim Carrey's doing is improv. Okay, that's fair. Um, so anyway, so before anything can really happen, uh, Commissioner Gordon shows up in his pajamas. Is like, hey, what's going on? I saw the signal. Which does that mean that Commissioner Gordon lives in the police station? Then I, I'm not entirely sure what that means. <laughs> he got there but fast. He's, he's definitely in his pajamas. Look, uh, ba- bare minimum, he's got a cot. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was hoping that Nicole Kidman would just settle for him that night, since Batman didn't. Since Batman left. Hey, you never know. Uh, cut back to uh, Edward Nigma. He is, uh, his boss is really mad at him for kind of what he did to Wayne. Uh, but he tests his machine on him and like he, he puts the bl- he puts the blender on his, his I, I can't remember how it works. He puts the blender on his head and he sticks like a rod to the other guy's face and it like beams TV signals into the guy's head. But while it's doing that, he feeds off his brainwaves and gets smarter. I, I guess. think that's how the yeah, I, I think that's how the side works. That's what it sounds yeah, it like. It was a unique side effect, I believe he said, because that's the only way you could possibly make that feasible, I guess. Right. So anyway, so his boss is gonna fire him. He's like, nah, that's not gonna happen. So he ends up killing his boss and like pushing him out a window. Which a died. really dumb move for the boss. Obviously, this guy is unstable and you're just poking the bear at this point. Well, yeah, that's fair. Um, there's a, then we get to that great, what I was discussing, discussing earlier, the great courtroom footage of when Two-Face got the acid thrown on him. Yeah. And it's like, here's a couple things I love about the choking. One, the guy literally, it's not even disguised, the guy on the witness stand <laughs> just has an actual jar of acid that he throws at him. Like, <laughs> how did he get the jar in there? And then they cut the Batman, who's like leaping over spectators, meaning that he must have been sitting in the gallery of this trial in full Batman gear, just like watching the trial. 
<laughs> I, I, wish, I wish we could have seen two minutes. That, you know what? With, that's with the Batman movie. In the back of the courtroom, just sitting there. Just like, that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> that's what I want to. I want to see the crime drama that is Harvey Dent prosecuting Boss Maroney or whoever the hell it is with Batman sitting there. That's what I want to see. I, Maybe Batman was going to become a witness. That's why he was there. I love that scene. I watched it like three times when I was watching the movie. I kept rewinding it. Um, so anyway, so this is where Enigma uh, starts. He's really good at making cards, which I'm like, I feel like those riddles, those cards he leaves would be so hard to make. They have like pop-ups and like fold-outs and like all this crazy stuff where I'm like, that's, well, I don't know. He's I'm super not- smart now. I'm not crafty, so I couldn't do it. Um, well, is he super smart now, or was he always smart? That's the thing I always have against the Riddler, right? How smart is he? He's he's well, you know, in, right? within the within the frame of the comic books, the Riddler is supposed to have similar detective skills to Batman, but because because he eventually becomes a private detective, he actually kind of turns good at one point and becomes a TV show. Gotham shows a lot of that. Yeah. He eventually becomes good. Um, But so he's supposed to have kind of that same sort of skill detective wise. I don't know necessarily smarts wise, you know, he, he, if he's supposed to be that smart, but you know, I guess. Well, Well, anyways, he, yeah, go on. He starts, he starts leaving these riddles for Wayne uh, Wayne takes him to go see Dr. Meridian at her office. He knocks down the door. Um, I love that part, though, where he, <laughs> he sees the inkblot and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you got a thing for bats? And she's like, it's an inkblot. You see what you want to see. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm definitely not Batman. To be fair, that I, I I made sure to watch. That thing looks exactly like a bat. I mean, it's yes. that. She's kind of fucking hung up on her office because she's horny for the bat. Like, it's a fucking bat. That's true. Um, So then he invites her to the charity. Can I say, though, real quick? I'm sorry. Why is she such a dick to Bruce Wayne? He's not Batman. Uh, Right? Like, did anyone else care? Like, she was so mean to him in the office. She just only has eyes for Batman. Uh, So he invites her to a charity circus, which, by the way, the charity circus looks awful. Because in general, circuses look awful. Uh, Two-Face shows up at the circus. He has a comically large bomb full of 200 sticks of dynamite that he's going to set off unless Batman reveals himself. Uh, Bruce Wayne tries to yell at him. Yeah, not only set off, but he's going to elevate it above the circus to set off. Which, why do you need to do that to begin with? Uh, I don't know. So maybe no one can tamper with it. I'm not entirely sure. But anyways, so he's like, I'm going to set this bomb off unless Bruce Wayne reveals himself. Bruce Wayne tries to reveal himself as Batman, but no one can hear him because it's so loud in there. Hold on. I guarantee you, at least the people around him heard him say, I'm Batman. Yeah, like Meridian Chase obviously must have heard it being right next. She probably orgasmed and couldn't focus. Well, it's true. And if that wasn't enough and no one heard him, he then proceeds to go around and start beating up all of Two-Face's goons in the middle of the circuit. So you'd think that someone would see him. Um, meanwhile, the Flying Graysons, uh, they decide, they're like, we got to get this bomb out of here. So they get the bomb, uh, they get it up to the top. Uh, Robin, or Dick Grayson, sorry, is going to get rid of it. He's up on the roof, and then Two-Face flips his coin, and he shoots, he kills Robin's parents and his brother, who's in this for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, they fall, they die, uh, the bomb blows up, but doesn't kill anyone. 
Boom. Got it. So then, even though Robin is definitely an old man in this movie, 25, and looks every bit of it, he, he, he they take him to Wayne Manor because Bruce Wayne's got to look after him because he's like, he doesn't have anyone, but he's an adult, so he should be able to I look thought, after him. I didn't think Chris O'Donnell looked that old. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he looks... I, sorry, I work with high schoolers. He could have pulled off being like 18, which well, still would have made him an adult. Yeah. But... The point is, there's he's not a kid. There's no way there would be no need for Bruce Wayne to take in. He, yeah, he, it, he could get a hotel. Like, in, the, in the comics, he's like ten, maybe. Yeah, when he when this happens, so it's like he needs someone to take care of him. So I don't know. Anyways, he's gonna leave, but then he shows him his awesome motorcycle collection, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll stay because you got an awesome motorcycle collection." <laughs> not the fact that you're a multi-billionaire and you're getting access to do whatever the fuck you want. No, it's because... Oh, hold on. No, no. It was the 90s. He was only a multimillionaire. (laughs) So, uh, we also get, like, (laughs) Bruce Wayne looks at some roses, and he has a flashback, so we get yet another scene of seeing uh, Bruce's parents get killed. Which, by the way, being as this is supposed to be the same Batman, that means when we get that flashback, we actually see Jack Napier, the Joker, in that flashback killing Batman's parents again. Um... Robin, Dick Grayson's helmet has a Robin on it, so there you go and it's some really lame story about how he saved his brother once, and he's like, you flew in like a Robin, which seems like a stretch to really force him that he's gonna be called Robin, but anyways um, the bat signal shows up he goes out, and then like he's just, like, I don't know why he leaves, why the signal's up, but then he's like getting chased by Two-Face's goons they shoot at him, Uh, the Batmobile drives up a wall (laughs) Jesus Christ. Not only just drives up a wall, but the way it, like, gets to the wall, it, it looks like it's, like, weightless. It's got, like, a, like a rocket booster and uh, a grappling hook, and there's a lot going on there. Which then just brings up the conversation LPJ mentioned earlier with the safe. Like, how is that little wire holding up a fucking Batmobile and keeping the building intact? <laughs> I don't know. It's It's, you know... I don't know. Where does he get those wonderful toys? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Wrong Batman movie. Yeah, well, so at this point, he's, he's fully become the Riddler. He finds his way to Two-Face's house, and he's like, hey, guess what? We should team up uh, because I think together we can stop Batman. Um, and then there's a, whack, a wacky montage of them uh, robbing banks. Well, uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. In the French-Canadian version, uh, the Riddler. Oh, is yeah, called- I saw this. The, the French Canadian version of the movie, the Riddler is called Le Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, awesome. I saw that. I had that written in my notes. That's amazing. Le Sphinx. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so they go on like a, a, a wacky uh, robbery montage where they're like robbing jewelry stores and stuff. It's pretty great. Also, mixed in there is where like you're like, well, Robin, he was an acrobat, so how do we know that he can fight? Well, he oh does He does kung fu laundry, so it shows up his fighting skills when he's taking stuff out of the washer and he's like doing nunchucks with it and he's like all kinds of stuff. So it's like, don't worry, guys, he's got fighting skills. He and then fucking that. like nods to the camera, even though it's supposed to be he's not an Alfred, but he fucking nods to the camera, all right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cena's so fucking bad. <laughs> um so then like there's a scene where bruce goes on a date with uh chase meridian it's either a date or a psychology session i couldn't quite figure it out um but bruce gets really jealous because she's obviously into batman uh <laughs> and she's got all this stuff of batman he gets a uh, oh 
while this is happening, Robin finds his way into the Batcave in the most ridiculous scene ever. Because, like, there's a door he can't get into. So he's like, well, I'm going to get in this door. And he's, like, on the top. And he, like, jumps, and he swings from the chandelier, and he, like, slides well, down. Hold on, hold on. You forgot. First, he tells himself, go. Like, he's singing. He verbalizes <laughs> he to himself. Go. He says, go. Like, he's got like to start himself? <laughs> yeah, he goes, he slides out, he swings on the chandelier, slides down the tapestry, slides across the floor, and he gets to the door and he finds the back cave. It's uh, fucking Alfred that leaves. Couldn't he have just have, like, hidden behind the door right next to that door and then just walked in? No, yeah, then he I had mean, to he, fucking say go and then do he, all that work. He definitely could have. So this happens, he finds a back cave. So meanwhile, while Bruce is visiting with Dr. Jesus, he gets a call on his video watch. And it's Alfred talking to him, telling him that Master Dick took the car, and it turns out it's the Batmobile. He the goes other for, car. Yeah. He goes drilly riding in the Batmobile into a bad part of town, runs into a group of, like, night walkers or hookers, if you will, which I found out was played by the Vo- the band En Vogue. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. The ones that are talking to him when he's in the, in the uh, Batmobile. I was unaware you know? of that. So it's en vogue. Uh, he stops a crime. This group that's re- this uh, uh, gang that's really into like uh, black yeah. lights, laser <laughs> yeah. tag. Laser yeah. yeah. So he fights them, and he does pretty good. He saves the girl, but then there's a lot of them. <laughs> the glow golf gang. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is really weird because you first see them and they just look normal, but then they go down the alley and it's like someone turned on a million black lights and they're all glowing. Yeah, they so. all have like Papa Shango. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Batman ends up having to show up. Uh, Baron Somebody, too, the leader of the group. Yeah, that's why that's I'm impaired Somebody. Papa Shango was a wrestler. I'm sorry. So uh, <laughs> Batman has to show up and save him. And, and Robin's like, hey, I want to be your partner. And Batman's like, nah, that's not going to happen. You're not going to be my partner. Uh, so then they go to another gala. There's a lot of galas in Gotham City. Uh, this one's being hosted by Edward Nigma. It's to show off like uh, how great the box is and the it's, new updated box. Yeah, so, the new so, updated box. Hold on, sorry. So he, he goes there with Chase, right? Who had right. previously told him that she has a has, she's in a relationship with somebody else. Yeah. So correct. why why does she keep going on dates with them? Uh, because I, he's fucking rich, I'm guessing. That's <laughs> true. But then, like, why does she change her mind at the end of the movie to speed that part of the story along? Right? She ends up saying, when Batman is about to fuck her, you know, I've met someone. <laughs> you haven't just met someone. You've been dating Bruce for months now, it seems like, or maybe weeks. It's I don't know. Movie. Because how quickly does it take the Riddler to build that fucking compound in the middle of the ocean? I'm feeling like this is like months and months and months. But she's like, oh, you know, I, I don't want your badass anymore. I want. <laughs> no, well, now that I've got you, eh, the thrill's not there. <laughs> right? Like, that's exactly why. Even though she's fucking dressed, she's naked in her bed in an empty apartment building. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, like sorry, 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 continue. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the Bruce Wayne wants to check out how uh, Enigma's machine works. Here's a spoiler it's powered by what looks like predator blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this vial of predator looking blood that they take out. Uh, he goes in it and ends up reading his mind. That comes into play a little bit later. Two faced. How did he not see that coming, right? Like, he fucking is walking up to the, to the TV. 
He didn't think that he was going to, like, get neutralized by the thing. Well, also, here's an even better question. Why was Nygma so big on wanting to read Bruce Wayne's mind? He didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Batman, so why was he trying so hard to read his mind? That's a great point, too. <laughs> um, so Two-Face shows up at the gala, and we get possibly the best part of the movie when Batman crashes through the window, and you get the Batman yeah guy, the guy that's like, Batman, yeah! <laughs> 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 that's my favorite guy in the movie and if you watch the honest trailer for this which i highly suggest you do when they do the starring at the end one of the starring guys is the batman yeah guy <laughs> it's pretty great um so they have a fight uh tr- <laughs> when he when he's going to change into batman and he slides down the uh the fire escape like that part cracked me up it looks so bad um at, at one point like so Two-Face tricks him into going down this hole in the, the, the ground outside, and he, like, traps him in, like, a, an underground thing. Gas main, I guess. Oh. And then, like, he hides under his cape, and I don't even know what he does. What's he, he hits a button on his cape, and his, his it's cape. Like a heat, It becomes like a heat shield, like, fucking from NASA. Yeah. Right. So then he comes out of the flames, the Two-Face brings down the ceiling on him, and it looks bad, but then Robin shows up, and... Yeah, so after it, all of that heroic of protecting himself from a gas flame, Two-Face just goes, I want you to die, and then just shoots the ground underneath his feet, and then all these raisins fall on him? <laughs> raisins? What the fuck is that that falls on him? Like risers or... No, what's like the, is it dirt? Like, what is it? It looks, because it's all purpley. They look oh, like I think crazy. I, I, think it's just it? like, I think it's just like dirt or sand. I think it's just yeah. the lighting that makes it look different color. It's all, it's all yeah. the black lights in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, anyway. so Robin shows up, or Dick shows up as Robin and saves him. It's the, uh, it's the ashes of the Glogoth gang. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So, so he saves him, uh, but Batman's like, hey, yo. He's like, not only are you not going to be my partner, but I partner, but I think I'm pretty much going to stop being Batman altogether. And then he leaves to go for his uh, booty call, as we discussed. Uh, but that's when she's like, oh, you know what? I'm actually in love with somebody else. And so Batman leaves. And you get that real awkward scene where he smiles in the bat suit. And that looks really bad. <laughs> so let's, let's bring it up real quick, too. I, I'm sorry. Val Kilmer did, did a much worse job than I thought. From from what I remember uh, as a kid, I felt like this was not a good, I, good I acting role. I don't think. Which he, again, maybe he didn't have a choice with the script, but it, it did I, not. I think well. he's a. I think he does not do well as Bruce Wayne. I think he's okay as Batman. Yeah, that's I, my, agree, I will agree with that. That's my opinion of him in the movie. Um, so Two Face and Riddler figure out that uh, Batman is Bruce Wayne because they have his his brain waves are just a giant bat. They, Which it fucking looks like it just looks like probably a guy in the distance standing with a gigantic bat like helmet on and just waving his arms. It right. looks so fucking fake. <laughs> so uh the the she uh ugh, Jesus movie's melting my brain. Uh Nicole Kidman's at the manor, they're having a date, it's Halloween for some reason, so they show you that some kids are trick-or-treating there, even though Wayne Manor's supposed to be way far out of town. Uh, then the uh, Two-Face and Riddler show up and they just start trashing everything. Uh, they mess up the, the Wayne Manor. They destroy the Bat Cave. Uh, Riddler's got these weird wind-up bat bombs that he's throwing all over the cave, blowing stuff up. He says, that, was, that was still kind of a fun scene, I guess. 
he says joygasm, which I thought was really weird. Which, yeah, by the way, like, what, I, mean, I feel like that uh, Jim Carrey must have spent a lot of time on his cane work before the movie. Yes. Because he's doing so much stuff with the cane. He's spinning it around and, like, sliding it. And, like, he's constantly said, doing stuff with the cane. Well, I was reading, they said he broke 25 prop, cane, prop canes during the making of the film. Yeah. It, it doesn't surprise me that Tommy Lee Jones said that thing that he, that I said <laughs> earlier, because I would have, if I was on the set watching Jim Carrey do this shit, I would have been like, I fucking hate you too. <laughs> so a uh, two face shoots Bruce Wayne. But he shoots was, him, right? Yeah, he, he head, shot him. Head. Like that was just, a gun, right? That was an made, actual gun. It just wings him for some reason. Cause the Riddler's like, Hey, don't kill him. We got some more stuff to do. So they take uh, Dr. Chase Meridian and they leave. He wakes up. There's more riddles. <laughs> they, they go through this long scene where they solve the riddles and they're like, oh, Edward Nygma is the Riddler. And I'm like, you guys didn't know that already? That looks pretty <laughs> obvious. But then how they got to it was so fucking weird, too. Like, it didn't make any sense how they solved the riddle. At least not yeah. that quick. No. Because they went from, so they had like these letters M A H E. That became Mr. E, because apparently you don't use all the letters. And then that became Mr. E, which then became an enigma, which then became Enigma. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? So, uh, so they're like, ah, is everything destroyed in the back cave? And they're like, no, not the prototype suit. So he gets on this other suit, and boom, Robin's there. And Alfred made him a suit, too, which leads me to believe that Alfred's the one putting the nipples on all these bad suits if he's the one making them. Yeah, nipples <laughs> so, and cod pieces. That is clearly what Alfred's into. So they're like, hey, we still got the bat wing, and we got he the bat probably decorated Two-Face's gang, too. <laughs> which, by the way, I have to say, when he was flying the bat wing, the bat jet, out of the bat cave, like, it was like a comically long and twisty. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, like, why wouldn't it just, why, just, why like, just be a straight, straight shot into the sky? I don't know. Um, and then you get that great scene where uh, he flies he flies by Gordon and gives a thumbs up, which is one of the greatest gifts you'll find on the internet if you search Batman thumbs up. And it's just him flying in the Batwing and he just gives a thumbs up and then he takes off. It's great. Like, how, did, how, did, he, did he think Commissioner Gordon was going to fucking see him give a thumbs up from up in, up in the sky? So I often it, look up in the sky at airplanes and I look for the pilot to give me a thumbs up. I don't know about the rest of you. So they fly out to the Riddler's giant blender island where he's collecting all the <laughs> where, he's, where he's collecting all the brain waves. Um, the boat gets sunk, and I think the uh, Batwing turns into a sub. And I do in my notes that this movie becomes Thunderball for like just a minute. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of underwater stuff going on. Uh, they climb onto the island. You get that great, uh, holy rusted metal Batman. Oh, moment. my God. Why, <laughs> why, why? So Robin, after the whole movie, he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill Two-Face. But then he has a chance to, and he saves Two-Face. But it ends up being a big mistake because he takes him hostage. Um, <laughs> what a fucking idiot. I wish Two-Face would have fucking shot him right in the head. I do I do have a note that I'm just realizing now when Batman sneaks into and at one point he activates boots and jets on his boots. And I have I have jets on his boots? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what my note says. Um so we get to, we get to the final showdown. 
the Riddler's got Dr. Chase Meridian and Robin held hostage. And he's like, you have to choose if you're Batman or Bruce Wayne. You can only save one of them. They also talk about Robin where they're like, oh, he hopes to one day see a, like a bare naked girl. They talk about him like he's like a 12-year-old, and he's clearly not. Um, and mind you, Jim Carrey is wearing I, – I, what the hell is that outfit that he, he has on? He designed his own costumes. <laughs> I it it was. Say, never mind. Say, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm not. Never mind. Say I'm, what you want, but if I can get my hands on that light up jacket with all the question marks, I'd take it. Um, <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, you got to save one of them." He's like, "Psych, I'm going to save both of them." And he throws like a battering, and it smashes the giant blender, and it like melts the Riddler's brain or something. I'm not quite sure what happens because he's yeah. connected to it. Uh, Batman saves both uh, Robin and Chase Meridian. Can I ask uh, real quick, though? Would his mm-hmm. brain have melted if he wasn't sitting in the chair? Uh, unclear. <laughs> okay, just wanted, so, to, just wanted to ask. <laughs> so he saves Robin and Chase Meridian because he's Batman. And then Two-Face is there, and he's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to kill you anyways. How the hell did Two-Face get down there so quick? Not sure. Not clear. <laughs> so, so he's like, hey, guess what? Great, great job saving him. I'm going to kill you anyways. And Batman's like, well, you better flip your coin because that's kind of your thing. And he's like, how true you are. I better flip my coin. So he flips his coin and then Batman pulls out a pocket full of coins and goes, ah, and throws them up in the sky. And Two-Face gets confused going for the right coin. And he falls over the side and dies. So Batman murders him. Just Batman got those coins by going through the drive-thru, buying a whole bunch <laughs> of Happy Meal toys and getting the toy coin. So right. it was a good thing that he stopped at the drive-thru earlier in the movie to get all those coins. So, so, so uh, accurate. So Two-Face is dead. Uh, the, the end of the movie, Riddler's locked up in Arkham. And apparently uh, your boy, Dr. Burton, calls Dr. Chase Meridian. It's like, hey, he says he knows who Batman is. And they look in there and it's just like, he's got his costume. He's got his like prison suit that look like a bat costume with wings. And he's like, I'm Batman. But he's, his brain melted. So he's crazy. Um, so then like she comes out and Bruce is there and they're like, Oh, I don't know. And they kiss. And I, I don't know. The last note I have says Alfred loves watching them kiss. Yeah. He gets this weird smile on his face. (laughs) So, and then the last shot is like Batman and Robin and they're like running in front of the bat signal. And that's it. That's the end. We hear, hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. And then we hear a little bit of kiss from Rose and we're done. We're out. And that's the end of Batman forever. There's a lot. Fuck me. Yeah, we had to motor through that. There was a lot to cover in that movie. Uh, we're not done yet. We still got to do ratings. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about I forgot about the role reversals. You oh yeah, the there's right. like eight million of them. Let's do role reversals then right now. Okay. Yeah. So this was. <laughs> wow. All right. So pick a character. Who do you want me to start with? Two Face. All right. Two Face. <laughs> Al Pacino. <laughs> There's enough scenery being eaten by Jim Carrey that would have been bad. I, I I think Al Pacino would have been great in this. Uh, yeah, like Dick Tracy, great in this. Yeah, I do. I would have. It would have been better. Uh, Clint Eastwood. God no. no. Martin no. Sheen. <laughs> no. Fucking Spawn. No. Ready? Nicholas Cage. Yes. 100%. Oh my god! Yes. So much scenery being chewed <laughs> right now. Yep. All right. Next character. Let's do Dr. Chase Meridian. It actually was Renee Russo. And then they're like, nah, she's too old. 
<laughs> well, yeah, when, once you... Michael Keaton dropped out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, then Sandra Bullock. She oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. Robin yeah. Wright, also fine. Yeah. Gene Triplehorn. She did sure. fine. Linda Hamilton. Uh, not, no, little, not a good Linda Hamilton. <laughs> no, 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 Linda Hamilton. No. All right. Uh, we'll do Robin. Uh, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Eh. Matt Damon. At that time. Sure. Matt Damon. <laughs> also sure. fine. Yeah. Corey Haim. <laughs> no. Corey Feldman. <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor. Sure. No. Uh, Jude, Jude Law. <laughs> yeah. Christian Bale, <laughs> Scott Speedman, Ooh. and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh. No, thanks. Marky Mark is Robin. All right. Not. Uh, we'll do who's left. Uh, okay. Riddler or Batman? We'll do. We'll do. Uh, we'll do Bruce Wayne first. Uh, okay. Alec or William Baldwin. <laughs> uh, Dean Kane. No. They ruled him out early because they're like eh, he was Superman. Um, Tom Hanks. <laughs> There's no way in hell Tom Hanks is going to become <laughs> Batman. Sorry. Kurt Russell, who I could see as Batman. Um, uh, he would have been really old at that point. No, he wouldn't have. Are you sure? He's the same age as um, Michael Keaton. Is he? Yeah. Uh, okay. Daniel Day-Lewis? No. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes? No. <laughs> no. Johnny Depp? As Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, Mel Gibson was going to be Batman, but couldn't get out of his contract for whatever Lethal Weapon movie he was filming. <laughs> uh, and then Keanu. Oh, okay. Yep, I think Keanu would have been fine. Uh, here's where it gets crazy. Riddler. Robin Williams. It was going to be Robin Williams, and then Tim Burton dropped out, and Robin Williams is like, uh-uh. Um, well, I heard, too, Robin Williams was pissed still that he was used to get Jack yeah, Nicholson, Nicholson to yep. be Joker. Uh, okay, so this is where it starts to get real crazy. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't even know what to think about that. <laughs> John, John Malkovich. I think Malkovich would have been good. Yeah. Uh, Brad Dorif. I think he would have been good too. Um, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> oh man. A <laughs> joke. Uh, Kelsey Grammer in full beast costume. Oh man, as the Riddler. Yeah, yeah I'm on board. <laughs> um, Mickey Dolenz was cast. Of the monkeys, Mickey Dolan's of the monkeys. Oh yeah, I did see that. That's yep. weird. Uh, Steve Martin turned down the role, uh, and Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, maybe. I mean, he was being Joker in the TV show. Yep. And yeah, Mark Hamill, I think, would have been good. Yep. And then actually, before they hired um, uh, director uh, Schumacher, sure. Sam Raimi was going to direct. I saw that. That would have been. Int- I didn't know that. That would have been interesting. That would have been very interesting. There was another name too. I thought I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't. Might not be a big deal. Sphinx yeah. acquiring more notes. He's looking through that. The Sphinx. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Let's- you can keep going. Just keep going. If I find it, I'll. Well, I'll we're now we're under ratings. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the next step is. Should we rate? Them? Oh, John McTiernan. Really? Oh, that'd have been weird. Yeah. Yeah. He was asked along with Sam Raimi. All right. Well, let's rate this thing. You ready to rate this? All right. I'm going to play the sound. All right. So I'm not sure who should go first. (laughs) I feel like I kind of want to hear Hovercraft Joe talk first. (laughs) Because I think I already know where LPJ and I are on this. 
I don't. I think I know where Hovercraft Joe is, but I don't know. So I want. I want him well, to talk. Let's first. let Joe. Joe brought the movie to us. Let's let him decide. Who wants to go? I, I, I didn't bring the movie. The movie came. No, up. we we did all agree that we the wanted movie came to. Up and I and I was excited to do it. I'll go first. I don't care. All right. Um, I mean, listen. Here's the thing. You guys bring up a lot of valid points, and I wouldn't. I, here's my thing about this movie. Okay, I would never make an argument to you that like, oh no, you're wrong. It's a misunderstood masterpiece. Like, it's a train wreck. I understand that this is a bad movie. Straight up. I get it. It's a bad movie. But there's something about it that I don't mind watching it. I've seen it a ton. And you guys may think this is crazy, but I hate Batman Returns. And I would much rather watch this movie than Batman Returns. And I here's the thing. I know a lot of it is tied into my nostalgia for this movie and the fact that I, you know, I've read the comic. I've read the book. I still like I Nicole Kidman in this movie is still like I wow like I still this is the best she's ever looked and I feel like she's great in this movie I love her in this movie and I don't know there's something about it where it's bad and I think I think the honest trailer which again you should watch really sums up how I feel about this movie because they're like yeah this is the worst movie I've seen 30 times and that's how I feel about this movie <laughs> because it's bad I mean it's it's a objectionably bad like I, I can't sit here and, and make you think so i would say this is my rating it's a two machine gun movie but my nostalgia for this movie bumps it up to a three machine gun movie that's fair no I, that's a fair that is a fair assessment in terms of your view of this movie this is right. officially hovercraft joe's guilty pleasure movie <laughs> it really <laughs> is you're right. I do, and, and I, I like. I know it's bad, and like I watch it, and I'm like, "This is dumb." And Jim Carrey drives me crazy, and I'm like, "What is Tommy Lee Jones even doing?" Like, like Two Face is supposed to be this like nuanced character that's like constantly like battling between his two sides, but in this movie, he's like, "Dad, ah, what if he was just batshit crazy the whole thing?" So, <laughs> anyways, that's me. Three machine guns, but it's probably more like a two machine gun. Movie. Go ahead. Uh, I can go next. This movie, I, I, I'm, ugh, God, I don't know what I saw in this movie as a kid. I guess I was just that I was a kid. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> it's horrible. It's terrible. I, I would not recommend this to anybody. Skip it. Do not go after this movie. It's one machine gun. Yeah, I don't know if I'm at one machine gun, but like. My one of my biggest issues with this film is like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones are essentially both playing the Joker. <laughs> like they're Trying just to, they're least. just both the Joker. And none of the none of the writing is good in this. The acting isn't good in this. The movie has nipples on the bat suit. It's just it's just a weird movie. It's so strange. Like it's such a departure from everything that Batman is. And yeah, I can't it's just not it was a tough watch. It was a real tough watch for me. And I regret buying it for the two dollars that I paid for it. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go I'll go God damn it. Just because you I wanna think, do it, join me. Just give it one. I'll give it a, I'm gonna give it a one and a half. <laughs> I'm going to give it a one and a half for this reason. It's a bad movie, but it's not bad enough to be fun to watch like Batman and Robin is. Batman and Robin is so terrible that it's fun to watch how terrible it is. This movie is just bad. 
See, I, I, I disagree with you there. I think it's flip-flop. I think this one is bad, but I there's enough in it that I think it's fun to watch, where I think Batman and Robin is just an unwatchable train wreck. But, hey, different, it, different strokes. You know what? And I haven't seen Batman and Robin in a long time, so you well, might be right. That's what I was going to well, say. You guys need to watch that, because if you think this is a steaming bile, then you need to watch that, because that... When I was younger, I always thought Batman and Robin was a train wreck when I liked this movie. So that does make me nervous about Batman and Robin. Well, all right. I'm still standing by my one and a half for this film. All right. Fair enough. Like I said, I wouldn't begrudge you guys your opinion because I know it's not good, but I'd like it. Fair enough. Nope. That's cool. All right. Well, we are Last Action Podcast. And this is episode 101, the beginning <laughs> of the new Last Action Podcast Millennium. Um, what a hell of a way to start our, our new 100 episodes. All right, great with that. Uh, this, movie, this movie hurts. Um, so thank you to our patrons. Uh, check us out everywhere that you can get a podcast Check us out on GameZillaMedia.com, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, check out all the podcasts on GameZilla Media. There's tons of them. Um, but we thank you for your support, and uh, we look forward to bringing you another 100 episodes. Uh, anything else you guys want to say? No, I think it, I mean, you covered it pretty good. All right. Well, in that case, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. Bye. We'll be back.